the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, and welcome to today's City Mission Hope for the Homeless podcast. I am Leah Dietrich, Director of Residential Programs for City Mission in Washington, PA. And today we are starting off the first part of the AIRS model, City Mission's holistic care model, by discussing the H, which stands for housing. Today in studio, I have Doug Bush, who is a house coordinator for City Mission. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, Doug, and talk to us a little bit about what you do. My name is Doug Bush, and I am a 21-year employee of the City Mission, and I case manage a dormitory with 16 men. So I'm helping the men settle into the mission, start on their uh, journey towards uh, wholeness, and uh, just being sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Thank you so much, Doug, for being here with us today. We are talking about housing, which when you think of a homeless shelter is probably the first thing that you think of, is we are working on housing individuals. Um, And one of the questions that we get all the time is, you know, is housing the answer? Is this what everyone needs? Why, Why are we having such an issue with homelessness within our country? So housing seems like, if you if you can find someone a house, then you end the issue of homelessness. But we know that that's not all it is. Talk to us a little bit about that, Doug. Well, one of the things that we see a lot of at the mission is people who come in with drug and alcohol addictions. And what we know is that if drugs and alcohol were the only problems, then once they stop drinking and drugging, their lives would get better. But we find that that's not true. And the same thing applies with housing. It would be easy for us to just find homes for everyone that walks through our doors. But the issue is that we need to find secure homes for them, and we need to find sustainable homes for them, places where they can go, and we need to get them to a place in their life where they're going to be able to maintain the housing. Absolutely. That foundation is broken oftentimes when they come to us, and that's that's one of the struggles. Like you mentioned, drug and alcohol, mental health, physical health barriers, all of those things lead to evictions or loss of housing. Sometimes the environments that our clients are coming from are just unhealthy altogether. They can be situations where abuse is happening or it's just not a healthy living environment. So being able to help them to identify what those challenges are, address them, take the time it takes to address them, which can be a rather lengthy process, in order to have that basis that they need in order to seek housing again and make sure they have all the pieces in place to sustain that housing. So it'd be nice if the answer was just put everyone into a house and they'll be successful. Uh, House is great, but without the foundation, the proper foundation, it just won't stand. 
I think that one of the important things about City Mission is how we work through the process of addressing those barriers and how we help people to see that their past choices may not uh, help them to be successful in this area. Can you talk to us, Doug, maybe about a client that you've experienced in those 21 years who really has exemplified that, the, the struggle with being able to maintain housing outside and how they came to us? One of the stories that I am so excited to share is about the man who lived in his van in our parking lot for the last two years and spent two winters living in the parking lot. We believe that the only reason he chose to come in is that the places where he was sheltering during the day were no longer options for him. But to watch him come in and uh, get a haircut and change his clothes and bathe and shave and begin to work uh, on his health issues and also begin to become a productive member of the mission community, it's just been an awesome example of the power of God uh, working in his life. We see men come to the mission who were dropped off by uh, local police departments who have found them wandering or in unhealthy situations. We see men who have, uh, men and women who have come from uh, drug backgrounds where the housing where they uh, were staying was filled with uh, drugs. And so they knew it was time to move on from that situation because they wanted to make a new way of life. We see people who come because they've been addicted or they've been evicted, or they've broken up with their uh, significant other. We also have some people who are coming to us who are um, coming back from prisons, and so they're looking to re-enter uh, a society. And um, we know that if they come and they stay with us and allow us to preach the good news of uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ to them and help them to work out some of the underlying issues that brought them there, then we believe the longer they stay with us, the more work they do on their uh, personal uh, lives, their uh, recovery from addiction and uh, from mental health issues, the better their chances of long-term success. Absolutely. I think it's so critical for them to have an environment where they can really grow and change, right? Because like you said, we we have people that come to us from all different situations. They can come from the van in the back parking lot to situations where they they didn't know that life could be different, whether it be abuse or whether it be addiction issues. They just get so stuck in that cycle. So being able to see beyond that I think is a beautiful thing. Now, during their time with us, like you said, we focus on addressing those barriers. We focus on making those changes and also connecting them to services and options within the community for them. And I think it's important for people to understand that successful housing doesn't necessarily mean a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house with a white picket fence. It can also mean sustainable housing for them, whatever that may mean. It could be an apartment. It could be a shared living community, something like a three-quarter house that still supports their recovery and in a healthy environment and allows them to continue to grow beyond our program. I think there's there's an importance in focusing on that. Everyone's ideal living situation looks a little bit different, and it also is what they need 
What do you need in order to be successful? Some of our residents thrive around other people. Isolation is not good for them. Being alone in a home would not be a good option for them. And the mission, the city mission and the program that we've put together has a 79% success rate in 2019-2020 of connecting people to what we would consider successful housing options. And those are all of the all of the gamut and spectrum of housing options that we've talked about from independent apartments. Some people will move into their own homes. Some people will move in with um, a spouse or even their children and be reunified if that is a healthy environment. But the key is it has to be a healthy environment for that individual. Can you talk to us about someone that you've worked with where you've seen that success, you've seen that transition into healthy and sustainable living? I heard you use the word community, and we we believe that the mission is a community. It's a family. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen some of our best success stories with men and women who have chosen to take the next step in their recovery into a community living situation. Uh, I ran into Sean last night, and Sean left the mission and uh, went into a three-quarter house and then started a three-quarter house of his own. He's now built his own home. He has two children or one child and another one on the way. He's still overseeing a, uh, a three-quarter house and a seven-eighths house. And he's been successful in his business life, successful in his home life, successful in his recovery, and successful in his efforts to help other people who are trying to find uh, a success. So we think that that's the ideal model for what we want people who come to the mission uh, uh, to end up. Sean came to us with nothing and has done phenomenally well over the course of the last six or seven years. But we think it's all because he stayed plugged into a healthy community. Can you talk a little bit to our listeners who may not know what a three-quarter house or seven-eighths house are? Can you explain a little bit what those what those options are? Well, the word halfway house has legal connotations. The mission is not legally a halfway house, but in some functions and some definitions, that's what we serve as. So if you came off of the street or out of a prison or a drug and alcohol rehab and came to us, you might be halfway on your way to independence. And you stay with us for a season, and then as you move on uh, from us, you might be in a three-quarter house, which would not be as structured as we are, and you would have outside employment, not all of the same requirements that the mission would have. Seven-eighths house would be just a little closer to full independence, and the ultimate goal would be wholeness and uh, independence. So there's a lot of accountability and there's some meeting requirements for drug and alcohol um, and things like that in order to live in those environments, right? It's a little bit more structured than just an apartment. And that's what the mission hopes to do is to help a client develop good, healthy habits that will sustain them for their life beyond the mission. Thank you for sharing that, Doug. I think it's just important for us to understand and just understanding this housing topic, the options that are out there for individuals. And I think that it's important too. Uh, one of the things that we 
talk to our residents about all the time is don't leave too soon. Don't jump too soon and take the appropriate steps for you. And your process may look different than someone else's. So for Sean, the right answer was a three-quarter house. And look at what an amazing difference he's made in the community because of that choice. Now he's allowed other individuals to have that opportunity to go to a three-quarter house that he's supported. And now he's on his own and we're, we're thrilled for him and just the life that he's created uh, because of that firm foundation. It can be so tempting, I think, when people are new in recovery to want to jump ahead, uh, to pass go too soon, to just move ahead too fast within their life. And oftentimes they end up coming back. And I know that we've seen that so many times. So many times. Can you talk about somebody that we've watched struggle with that, maybe make a choice and end up having to come back to us because of that. I've seen a lot of men and women leave and um, come back, leave too soon or not make healthy choices um, once they've uh, left the mission. Um, I'm thinking about the one particular gentleman who uh, was such a hard worker and had such a wonderful personality that the first time he came to the mission, he ended up on staff. We hired him. He moved out on his own, maintained recovery and employment for a year, and then found himself drinking again. And we let him go. He was gone for a while, came back into our program, and we liked him so much and he worked so hard that we hired him a second time. And he got his own place and did well for a while. And then he went back to the old lifestyle and ended up back with us again. So it's not uncommon at all to see men leave and come back. But we're just so happy to know that the men and women who come to the mission, even after they leave, realize that we're still sometimes their best option. Absolutely. And I think that the important thing is our goal when they come back is to help them to understand that this didn't work and why? Why did it work? What what do I need to learn still in order to build that foundation? What do I need to do to overcome these barriers that have plagued me for all of these years? What do I need to do in order to have a fresh start? Our goal is always to help our residents define that fresh start. And what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is sharing more about these barriers and how we've addressed them and how the heirs model helps us to show that progress in a residence uh, process and through housing, employment, income, all of those pieces. Anything else you'd like to share, Doug, before we close today? I don't think so. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for today's discussion. And next time we will be talking about the E in our heirs model, which stands for employment. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and we would love to have your comments on the topics that we discuss. Until next time, God bless you all from myself, Leah Dietrich, and the entire City Mission Hope for the Homeless team. Mm-hmm.